Douglas Carswell is a fascinating guy. Remember, he was uh, with us uh, just about a week or so ago. We're talking about the issues down in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, he is a very proud British gentleman, served in the House of Commons for more than a decade. And I, I wanted to reach out to him to, to get some sense from him what he's thinking about. And, and Douglas, thank you so much for being here. It's great to be on your show again, Jeff. Oh, the pleasure is mine. It's, for me as an American, an interesting situation. As I said, I'm not a British subject, and so she wasn't, quote, my queen, but I don't know, she's been part of my life for five decades. What's, what, what's your yeah. sense as a, uh, as a proud uh, son of Great Britain? It, it, is, it is very sad. I mean, she's been queen since February 1952. To put that in context, she's been queen since Harry Truman was in the White House. So to explain what this means to Britain, to an American audience, imagine that you had had the same head of state representing and personifying America since Harry Truman was around, and imagine if uh, today, sadly, they, they died. That would, it would be a huge deal. Um, no one or very few people in Britain could remember adult life without her being queen. And so it, it is a very big deal. One of the things that uh, will be interesting, I, I, I know as an American, I'm going to ask you, uh, Douglas, uh, for the first time, I will hear people stand up and, and sing God Save the King. It's going to be very different. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when the Queen dies, you know, the Queen is dead, God save the King. Um, yeah. The King becomes King right away. And it, it does feel strange. It feels particularly strange for me as a student of history to have a King Charles yeah. I mean, um, last time there was a King Charles, um, it didn't end entirely well. But I'm, I'm sure Charles III will respect the uh, English Revolution, which uh, the precursor, you might say, to the American Revolution. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he will, he will do a great job. Um, but, you know, the Queen met, I think, every U.S. president, with the exception of, I think it was uh, Lyndon Johnson. I think she had good judgment for some reason, never got around to meeting him, but she met all the others. Um, and, you know, I'm a huge fan. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a criticism of the American Constitution. I think the American Constitution is a near-perfect document. And what the Founding Fathers did was magnificent. But in having the head of state and the political leader as one and the same person, it makes it rather difficult in America to boo your government but cheer your country. Yes. The genius of the Queen is that it doesn't matter who you vote for. You can be favor of the Queen. She's that unifying figure. She's above and transcends politics. And that is something that I think Britons are really grateful for. You mentioned uh, he could be King Charles III, but he has the option, right, to take a different name? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how it works, but I, I think there was a sort of 18-month delay between the Queen becoming Queen and her being formally um, coronated. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the plans will be on this occasion. It may be six months, it may be longer. Um, I mean, he, he may he may become King Charles III. Um, I, he, he may be um, something different. I, I, I just don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Now, uh, talk about the separation uh, between head of government and head of state. Uh, the, the idea, and you put it so eloquently, God bless you, you could, you could boo the government, but you would cheer the nation. That's, I think that's an enviable position to be in. I'm, I'm a huge uh, fan of America, but one thing about America that makes me sad is the way that I meet people who 
vociferously anti um, maybe Joe Biden or, or, or Donald Trump. Yeah. And I, I sometimes listen to the fierce political debate in America, and I think, look, at least respect whoever it is who's president of the United States, not because you voted for them, mm-hmm. but because they're the office holder. And what the British system did, it allowed people to, you know, you can vote for who you like. You can support the government or loathe the government, but you can all cheer uh, the Queen. I mean, fundamentally, when the British came up with their system and the American founding fathers came up with their system, it was a different answer to the same question. How do you prevent one family dominating power? The British system was to, in effect, have a monarch with no political power, mm-hmm. but complete authority, and there's a difference between authority and power. The Americans came up with, um, some might say, a, a, a better system. It kind of harked back to the Roman idea of competing elected officials, and right. you, you built a Senate on the banks of the Potomac, inspired by Rome. But both of them are attempts to answer this fundamental question, how do you make sure that no one becomes too powerful? And I, I, I'm a huge admirer of the American system, but I think Elizabeth II made the British system really work and work really well. Um, she's known dozens of prime ministers. They come and go, yeah. but you've always had the queen. And, and how about two days before she passes away, uh, she's accepting the resignation of Boris Johnson, inviting Liz Truss to form the new government. Her, her dedication to that role was just Epic. I mean, it was a thing of beauty. Yeah. She, she dedicated her life to serving her country. She took a, an oath at her coronation, and she took it very seriously and very literally. Um, you know, in this day and age, the idea of duty is often regarded as old-fashioned and slightly fuddy-duddy. Mm-hmm. I think, actually, she shows the importance of duty, particularly duty in public office. This idea that it's not all about you, that you're passing through an institution that's bigger than you and that will outlast you. And I sometimes think if our politicians today had a bit of that sense of duty towards public office, we would all be better served. I'm going to remind everybody that Douglas Carswell is joining us. Uh, He served for more than a decade in the uh, British House of Commons. He's now the uh, president and CEO of the Mississippi Center for Public Policy. We chatted with him just about a week or so ago with that water crisis. And I I want to get an update on that, Douglas. But I'd I'd also like to ask you about the anti-monarchists, because uh, there are certain parts of the Commonwealth. Australia and New Zealand seem to be really, really... uh, adamant about this in certain sectors that they want to be republics and i've been looking at some of the social media chatter and they say well this is the time you know everybody knew queen elizabeth for 70 years now now's the time to make our push to just ditch it entirely what what do you take from that i i wouldn't be remotely offended if other countries decided to become republics i mean after all you guys decided to do this in 1776 and i have to say it's worked out phenomenally well I wouldn't be remotely offended. I don't think anyone in their right minds could be remotely offended. I would just urge a word of caution. Don't replace it with something worse. If you are an Australian and you don't like the current prime minister, would you like her to be your president? If you are an Australian and you didn't vote for the current lot in charge, Albanese, I think his name is, would you like him to be president? I, I, I look at my own country, Britain, and you know, I think of some of the prime ministers we've had in the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. And the idea that they would be my head of state, frankly, repels me. So I, I, by all means, create a republic, but make sure you replace it with something that's even better. Sometimes in human affairs, what is rational and based on reason is not always better. Here's an interesting thought experiment. Look at 
all movie representations of the future. Think of those Star Wars films. Those mm -hmm. Star Wars films are peopled with emperors and kings. Maybe there's something deep in the human psyche to which the idea of a hereditary monarch appeals. If you can have a hereditary monarch, but make sure that it can't be corrupted, make sure it has no power, make sure that power remains dispersed, maybe, maybe that is um, an enviable system. And if you, if you destroy it in the name of reason, like the French did, you may end up with a French version of a French republic rather than the American system of the American republic. So by all means, become a republic, but make sure you model yourself on America, not France. Uh, well, that's, uh, I think that's one of the things that unites Americans and British, our, our, our joint contempt for the French. I mean, it's just the way it is. But uh, <laughs> Douglas, you, you mentioned Great Britain, and this is where we always get into a discussion. We as Americans, we, oh, she was the Queen of England. You know, it's Queen of Great Britain. No, the Queen of the United Kingdom. So... We talk about the United Kingdom, obviously, England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Uh, with her passing, does that remain as it's been, or is that also going to be kind of a jumping-off point? I guess I would point initially to Scotland. Would, would this be their chance to say, thanks, we're out? Well, Scotland had a referendum on whether or a vote on whether or not to become an independent country a few years ago, and it was defeated. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, don't don't take what you read in your Twitter timeline as representative of what people <laughs> call and think. Um, I mean, I'm 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 basically a Scot, um, um, ethnically and by heritage. Oh, okay. and I think most most Scots are realise they're better off in Britain. And the, the United Kingdom is England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales. Right. Um, she was the Queen of the whole of the United Kingdom. King Charles is now King of the United Kingdom, and indeed. King of Canada and, 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 and Australia and, and various other parts around the world. But look, you know, I mean, fundamentally, it's for people to decide how they, you know, as, as the American founding fathers understood, you know, um, power comes from the people who are in possession of inalienable rights. It's for people to decide how best they're governed. When I'm in Britain, I think that the best form of government is the British system. When I'm in America, I think the American system is the best form of government. Um, you know, um, there's much to be said for both. Well, I'll tell you, we're happy to have you here in, in America, just by the way. We really are. It's such a great voice. Douglas, can I ask you just for a quick update? Last time we chatted with you, uh, because you are in Jackson, Mississippi, was this terrible, terrible water crisis. Uh, yeah. Is there some sort of a patch, some sort of a fix that we're seeing down there? Yeah. Thanks almost entirely to the state governor, who incidentally will get absolutely no credit from the media for it because he's a Republican. Thanks to the state governor, we now have running water. We're still not allowed to drink it. And uh, indeed, when I turned on the tap in my office, the brown sludge that came out looked oh. pretty undrinkable. But there is now running water, um, thanks to the state government. I, I hope that this crisis prompts people in the city to recognize that actually, you know, we, we, we need to have some, some basic levels of competence. Mm -hmm. um, an American city in 2022 should be able to manage running water. It absolutely should. Douglas, uh, I thank you so much for, for making time thank for us. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. And you know what I'm going to tell you? Uh, keep the phone handy because you know we're going to call and uh, hopefully <laughs> you'll answer. We'll chat about some other stuff as well. There's nothing I'd rather do than talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That is Douglas Carswell, former member of the House of Commons, spent 12 years actually as a member of Parliament. Uh, now is based in Jackson, Mississippi, heads up the uh, Center for Public Policy down there. A nice, nice guy and, and a really smart fellow. And I do love 
the idea that uh, he's looking at uh, the two systems, the American and the British system, and uh, he's taken some good stuff from each.